All right, so this is episode two. We're Duke James, and I have my husband, Colin, and his dad on here. Hey, where's like the uh, the intro music? I feel like I, we should be coming into like some sort of music. You know, everybody's, I mean, I can't rip off ESPN here, but shouldn't we have a, a intro music? Yeah, I don't, I forgot how to do that. Next time. But this birthing, and Duke's here too, um, but this is about the birthing story. And then I thought it would be funny to call this Battle of the Birth, kind of like Battle of the Birth, okay. Well, no, like, because it's like kind of like Battle of the Bulge. Okay. But I <laughs> I felt like that was inappropriate to call it that, too, because it could be weird. Okay, so Battle of the Birds. No, birth. Birth. <laughs> well, because the reason why I wanted to call it that was because um, that was just such a monumental battle in our U.S. history. And so I feel like for every woman, this is the most monumental battle that they'll ever have to go through. And I think that a lot of people see it as an intimidating battle. Which Civil War battle? No, not Civil War. World War, War which, Two. Which World War Two battle are we talking about? Battle of the Bulge. Oh, I think that's what it's called. <laughs> I think. Oh, you're talking about some MTV show. I didn't know. It was... No, Battle of the Bulge. Okay. Anyways, all right, all right, all right. Okay. So, but yeah, so I just wanted. To, I think it's important to get the dad's perspective on here too, because there's so many women talking about it from a mo- mom's perspective, and so think for moms and husbands it's cool to hear that and then for duke when he listens to this later on like to hear his dad's perception of how he was born and then kind of how we were so disoriented for like the first couple weeks and will continue to be through different ways because it'll never stop being hard and challenging but um so that's what i want to talk about so let's hear your synopsis of his birth and then i'll tell my side yeah i think at the end of it you know, what I told one of the nurses is, I don't know that it was, you know, everyone, you know, that's like the best days of their lives. It's the birth of their child and, you know, your marriage and things like that. And I think for me, it was obviously an amazing day and I can't wait to see what being a dad has going forward. But that day was hard, man. That day was not one of the best days. That was a challenging day and it was really hard to watch you as my wife go through really an intense an intense process so um i don't know how much you've shared on your podcast about you alexa was induced i that no you can tell that's because i haven't told that so alexa we had to induce she was um she got induced uh 40 weeks five days so five days late and uh, so the contractions rather than kind of starting gradually for those of you out there who've been induced you know they come on quickly you know they're fast and so the entire day was really intense, and then by the time he was born, you know, Alexa was a champion pushing, but then he came out and he had the cord around his neck, and then they had to rip that off, and then he was grayer for longer than I wanted, and then he finally took his deep breath, which was like just this great relief, and Alexa was okay, and so then it was like relief, but I had just been, I felt like, you know, like you said, in a battle, my adrenaline had been so high, I didn't sleep well. And the next 48 hours you're at the hospital and then you're just getting woken up every you know four hours and you're like you know at the end we were both just ready to leave because we just wanted to be mom and dad at home and, and get back into our routine and just start figuring it out because luckily everybody had been so healthy which is so good but then we got home and it was just you know 
the anxiety about keeping this thing alive, I think, is overwhelming for both of us. And it, that's gotten better as he's gotten older, but it was just, you know, so new and such a precious thing. And, um, you know, I had to go back to work fairly quickly, and that was really stressful. Um, but I think ultimately, you know, it's so incredibly rewarding to come home at night and be able to just hang out with him and you. And, uh, you know, overall, it's the best thing that's ever happened in my life. It just was a kind of bad day. So what do you remember? Hard. Yeah, hard. What do you remember the most about him that day? I think I remember his eyes. He was just, they were so wide open. He's always been like that. He's always just trying to take everything in as quickly as he can. Um, like right now? <laughs> yeah, just staring at the ceiling. Um, so I think his eyes. And then, was I mean to you? No. You were never mean to me. You were a champion. You were uncomfortable. doctor yelled at you <laughs> yeah. but you didn't yell at me although the only thing i do remember is when so tasha my sister was holding my right leg and colin you were holding my left leg and you were getting so nervous for me because you didn't like seeing me like struggling and you kept petting my leg yeah, and yeah. i had the epidural so it was like i was numb but it was like that weird i could just tell something was stop touching my leg on my leg and i was like you gotta stop touching my leg stop uh, it. yeah what would you like if you had to give any advice for dads going into it the first time no, um like during the birthing process like yeah. what would some like if you could go back in time and tell yourself something what would you have no, told yourself i mean really nothing i think the biggest thing is that a dad would maybe be afraid not to get involved like not to hold the leg yeah like, it was scary as hell when he came out. And I saw it. I saw the cord wrapped around his neck. You know? I'm watching the doctor, you know, get it off. and So being in it was intense. But also, like, what is life really about? Life is life's about having moments that you remember. And so being involved in something like that is something you're going to remember. I like that. That's interesting hearing it from your perspective, too. Mm -hmm. My perspective was because um, it was hard for me because I was struggling with whether to do a natural birth or an epidural. Mm -hmm. So I already was going into it kind of in my own head, like head trash, because, you know, coming from the Boulder County area, there's like a lot of pressure to do things naturally. And... So the fact that I had to get induced was also kind of not what I wanted because I wanted to experience my water breaking and kind of see if I could go through the natural course of things. So in my head, I was I had always just said, I'm going to do what's best for the baby that day. Like I didn't make up my mind until that day, but um, the inducement started Friday night and then they kept giving me that pill every two hours. What is that called? Pitocin? Um... Or 
another one. No, persuasion change. Second. Uh, I'll remember in a second. It starts with a C. It's yeah. It's a it's a it's the cervix ripener. Yeah, that's such a gross word. <laughs> so gross. Ripen that cervix Ew. right up. So that every, work. every two well, hours. Work. And the nurses were amazing. Our nurses were so awesome. Yeah, shout out to Avista Hospital before show. Yeah, I love those nurses. And so she kept waking me up every two hours. So I was already sleep deprived going into it because I was nervous and I was getting up every two hours and the hospital bed sucked. Um, the best thing I did was bring my own robe and my pillows because I was comfortable and not my ass wasn't hanging out everywhere when I had to get up. Um, Duke, did you think that was funny? Um, so then at around 5 a.m., remember, I just jolted out of bed and, and it, I was just like in searing pain because it went from zero to 100% with my first contraction. Yeah. And I tried to hang on doing it as naturally as I could. But like you said, because it wasn't gradual, it was 100% hard on contractions. And the best part of my family is that they always want to be there. The hardest part is like when I'm in pain, like a lot of people around me trying to hug me and like make me feel better just didn't work. <laughs> and so um, after about four hours of natural contractions and I was only dilated three centimeters, my mom was like, you have nothing to prove. And like if you want to do an epidural, like it might be best for you because like you, you need to save your energy to do this. It's going to be a long process. So I'm really glad. For me personally that I did that because I was able to relax and then every couple hours my cervix started opening and opening but that day we watched two playoff games right and I was having contractions I didn't even feel them yeah what was it was it college no football or was it actually like the Tennessee actual football I think it was the, the day after the Tennessee Titans beat the yeah So we, that was fun to watch football games. And then um, all of a sudden, like, the nurse came in, and she was like, oh, you're ready to go. And then yeah. it started. And I just remember that I wish that in our Lamaze classes I was taught to breathe during labor because they taught us to breathe through, breathe through contractions but not actually during labor. And so what I had thought was, is like, I was, like, trying to breathe out of my mouth, like a big, long exhale, and then – our doctor was saying like you got to hold your breath and like hold it for 10 and 10 seconds and that's what I'll always remember of you you're like 10 9 8 oh, yeah. 10, seven, six, and I was like 5 4 3 2 1 <laughs> yeah you did well though you were coachable um so that was that was something I'll never forget and I just Natasha was so strong too and so then that the other thing is like when you said like our doctor yelled at me because she's like you have to do it in this next push because she saw that his cord was wrapped around his neck and so when he did that and he came out it was so awesome but then the disorientation of like night sleep went from there because I was constantly thinking that he was dead at night so I'd like get up and look and we got that owlette thing and it kind of had false alarms sometimes yeah. <laughs> Colin would like fly out of bed. Well, we've had a couple of, for those of you who don't know what the outlet is, it measures his blood oxygen saturation and his heart rate. And if it gets out of a zone that it doesn't like and thinks that your baby's in distress, it'll sound the alarm. If also, if you don't get it on the foot ride, it'll also sound the alarm just out of air. 
and um, so it's gone off a couple of times, and uh, as an heir, he's always been fine, but one day I had to sprint all the way downstairs because he was downstairs with Alexa. Like, oh, he's fine, but anyways. Most of the time we think it's good, but a couple times it's giving me a heart attack. <laughs> and one story that I wanted to tell, which was so funny, I being a mom has made my reflexes so crazy like a ninja yeah like a total ninja like i've hit at least five people because of this kid wow like you included and one night i was duke this is this funny story for you because i was sitting in my rocking chair and i was so tired and i had fallen asleep in the rocking chair and my head came down and colin realized that i wasn't in bed and so he got up to look for me no when the baby started crying we both got up out of bed. I went to pee. I didn't realize that. And in that. the time I went to pee to the time I got back, I was like falling asleep. And <laughs> I walk up on her. She karate chops me like she's the karate kid. <laughs> right in the jugular. And I was like, hey. Well, but from my perspective, I didn't see you get up. And I had fallen asleep. And all of a sudden, I felt this like dark presence above me. Yeah, this big, scary presence. But, I mean... What I told Duke and, like, for people who are listening, in my last episode, which was the first one, was that I think what was hard for me is so many people are so far removed from having kids that they only remember the good stuff. And not that, like, getting up with him and, like, these new challenges aren't good, but people were just like, oh, my kid was sleeping through five weeks. And, you know, my kid is like perfect and never cries and like whatever they always have all these like my kid did this and then so like i was constantly comparing like oh well you definitely didn't sleep through his first six weeks and so i think that like what i was trying to do is just normalize disorientation and normalize that like no matter how many books no matter how many people you talk to no matter all the beautiful baby equipment that you have like, there's going to be an issue that you're not going to be able to solve right away, and that's okay. Uh, we have no idea what we're doing over here yeah. on a daily basis. Um, here's, here's what I know about my kid and probably most other people's kids is that at this age, they're mostly doing all the right things. How they're eating, they're going to develop in different ways. This kid's so darn hungry that he just won't sleep through the night, but he will one day. Um, the good Lord, he's only seven months old. Um, yeah, I think a little bit of kindness goes a long way. And when you get farther away from having a kid, you probably forget about how hard it is. And you pro- your timeline's probably not quite as right. And I think ultimately, other parents, it doesn't really matter the age difference at all or they're both young parents, both old parents, just be nice to each other because having a kid is hard and uh, ultimately they're their own person. They're going to choose a lot of their own paths. It's not all of their fault for either. Um, but all of us are doing our best, so we should just be kind. Yeah. And if you have a boy, it's okay if they pee on you multiple times. Yeah, they think it's funny. <laughs> He farts on Colin's hand all the time. 
sick. <laughs> I can leave him now right now because he can't roll, but in a, like a month or two, I gotta, can't leave him on my own boom. I poop on my own at least. <laughs> <laughs> and Colin jumps so high every single time. Sick, man. <laughs> putting, putting, Farts on him. Putting it. butt cream on him and rips ass in my hand. <laughs> Who wants that? <laughs> this kid can rip. I don't know. I've never seen another baby, so I can't compare. I mean, I have seen other babies, but I've never like been around them when they poop and fart. But the, our kid can fart. Babies are pretty good. <laughs> All right, Alexa. Well, thank you for having me on your podcast. Did you think we're done? No, apparently. No, I'm just kidding. It's gonna be fun. Did you have any questions? No, I. That I was gonna wrap it up. Okay. Okay. Okay, Colin. Thanks for coming. On the show. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to read your body language. I thought you were ready for the end. Well, I was, and I was about to wrap it up, and you jumped. Well, in. that's why I was just helping. I was helping the smooth process. I was reading your body language. Okay. Well, good job. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Duke. We love you. This is for you. Okay. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>